Luke chapter 17. You know, uh, last week we were here in the, in the Word, and uh, obviously we saw Jesus heal 10 lepers, right? Not just one, not two, not three, but 10 lepers at the same time as they walked away. He didn't touch them. He did. It was a totally different style of healing. They just began to walk. And as they went in faith, God healed them, right? It was like, wow, here is this incredible walk, this journey that God does, right? And, and so he takes them, heals them, but one, one came back, remember? And he gave thanks. How many of you want to be like the one and not the nine? Yes, that's what we want to do. And, and so now we're in this series called Conversations with Jesus. And the whole idea is that he is con- conversing with people, whether it's the Pharisees, whether it's disciples, whoever it may be. And, and it's this opportunity where we, we really, we look and we say, wow, Lord, I want to hear what you have to say. You know, Peter in uh, the gospel of John, you know, he said it this way uh, to Jesus when he said, hey, uh, what, Jesus is like, well, you know, who, who, who do you say I am? And Peter answers, but he says, Lord, where are we going to go? You have the words of life. Can I just say to you that as we read this, these are words of life, that Jesus wants to speak into your heart, into my heart, that these aren't just words for, oh man, I, I, I want to I just apply them on here today, but God wants to speak to you all through this week, all through the days. And so it's an opportunity for us, for you, for me, to kind of look into these words of life, what Jesus wants to speak. And uh, today, we dig into this area where Jesus is going to talk about the, the second coming, his kingdom. What is that all about? The present kingdom and the kingdom to come. And the fact that this king is right in their midst, that he's right there, that the king of kings and the Lord of lords. That's why we have this last song. You heard it today. The king is among us. And today we're talking about keeping the king among us. What does that look like? How does that sound for us? How, does, how do we apply that? And so pick it up with me if you would. Uh, uh, Luke 17. And just to let you know, my, in the back, my voice seems to be echoing. I'm not sure if it's maybe the monitor, if you turn that down or something, but uh, maybe we could uh, find out if we could do something there. That'd be awesome. I don't know if anybody can help out there. That'd be great. So uh, if you don't hear it out there, then I'll just hear it. No problem. Verse 20. All right, check it out. Now, when he was asked by the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. And that word within you is, is, is kind of translated in the whole sentence. When you look at the grammar of the, the Greek, it's he's in the midst of you. And here's Jesus, who is the king of this kingdom. And, there, and, and, and you got to understand, Jesus would preach that the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is near. He would constantly say, so the Pharisees, these were the kind of guys that were keeping according to the law. They didn't really like Jesus at all. In fact, he called them out many times. And so now they're, they're looking and they're saying, hey, what, what is this kingdom you're talking about? When it's going to be here? Many people were looking for him to overthrow the Roman government, that he would establish a physical kingdom. And, and yet Jesus is saying, no, 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 I have a present kingdom, but then there is a coming kingdom that's to come and 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 so they're wanting to know about well when are you going to set up this kingdom 
Jesus, that you talk about this kingdom of God. And he's like, well, it doesn't come. You're not going to be able to see it. It's not going to have signs. But in fact, uh, the kingdom of God is in your midst. I love that. Because the king is in your midst. See, he's right here. They didn't see it. They didn't know it. You know, Philip, you remember that story in John chapter 14 and Philip is, uh, Jesus tells everybody, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And, and, and Thomas is like, well, which, which way are you going? Where are you going, Lord? And then Philip said, oh, Lord, show us the Father and we'll, we'll kind of believe you if you would. And he's like, Philip, have you been with me so long that you don't know that, that uh, I and the Father are one? It's like you've been with me this long, Philip, that you're not, you, you don't get it? Like the King is among you, man. And you see, here's what happens in our life. When you come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the King reigns in your life. He begins to rule and reign. I'm a different person than I was. He begins to transform your life. And the, and the glory of all this is, is that God begins to speak into your life and change you. He begins to change things in your life that are totally different than what you used to be and how you used to be. And, and, but, but the Pharisees, they didn't see this. The king was right there. And the disciples that would be followers of him, their lives were changed. They would be changed. The spirit of God would be filling them. And now the king would be in their heart. The, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Do you understand that when Jesus comes in your heart, he makes a home. John chapter 14. You've probably seen that verse, right? In John chapter 14, it's this verse, if you would, in 14. And it says this, Jesus answered and said to them, if anyone loves me, he'll keep my word and my father would love him and will come to him and make our home with him. I love that. He wants to come and make his home in your heart. He wants to make his home. So if you're here today, you've never been forgiven your sins. You've never had Jesus come into your life and that you would be changed, that he would be the king of your life, that the king would be among you. He wants to make his home amongst you. He wants to actually lead and guide our lives. He wants to be that ruler. But you see, so many times we're so busy in this world, there's so much stuff going on that we can kind of not realize the king is right here and that you and I are representation. We are the ambassadors for the king and that we go out there and we represent him wherever we go. That the king would be among us. That there'd be excitement in our heart, right? Have you ever been to a, a party? Maybe you've been, maybe it's a, uh, maybe you've been to a friend's a party, a dinner. Maybe you've been out at a restaurant or a sporting event. And all of a sudden, in the midst of that private setting, wherever it may have been, somebody, a celebrity, an athlete, or somebody famous, a politician, whatever it may be, was in the midst of that place. And the buzz started to spread, right? Hey, you're not going to believe who's here. And now they begin to talk like, oh man, you can't believe it. This guy is here. That girl is here. Do you see? and now all of a sudden you feel much cooler because you're at the place where that person is so it's a much better party right but uh, oh yeah but th- it's like a buzz right it's, it's the buzz that goes around I remember when I was in the modeling business uh, and I, I was doing a shoot and we would use Vegas or vans to get dressed and as we pulled up to this one spot I get out and I'm fixing I'm literally fixing my tie in the mirror and I look and I see Bruce Springsteen right behind me we're in a park like in the middle of South Beach right and I turn around, and I'm from Jersey, right? So uh, I grew up in New Jersey. I grew up in PA. That's why I'm a Steelers fan. Thank you. Pray for them. And, and, then, I, and then I grew up in New Jersey. And so, I, I, of course, inside, I'm like a little girl. Like, Bruce Springsteen! Bruce Springsteen! Not on the outside, though. I lived in New York City. I lived in New York City, so I knew how to be cool. I'm like, hey, what's up? Jersey boy to Jersey boy. I'm like, hey, hey, I like your, hey, like your music. Kind of like just, uh, 
hey, I see you, you see me? And he's like, yeah, don't tell anybody, like, I'm here. He was just with, like, some of his crew, and they were just in a white van, and so I just kind of like, hey, what's up? Inside, I'm like, oh, 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 hyperventilating, that's Bruce Springsteen, I can't believe it. And I'm just like, outside, I'm like, whatever, yeah, I'm modeling. <laughs> I'm so cool. So then, so then what ends up happening? So then they leave. They left pretty quickly. I don't know. Maybe he saw inside. I was like a little girl. I don't know. But they left pretty quickly. And then I tell the, the team I'm with, the photographer, and I go, hey, do you guys, I just kind of, do you see Bruce Brickstein? Do you see him? What? I said, that was Bruce that was just in that van. He just came. Why didn't you tell us? Well, oh, dude, I didn't want to make a big deal. I mean, come on. But shouldn't we be kind of like that? Like, why wouldn't you tell me that Jesus is the king? Why wouldn't you tell me about this king who's in your life? Do you understand? For a first thought for you and me, that we actually get to know the king. If you're writing a note, that, that would be it. We can know the king of kings. It's not just the king of that one music or film or TV or the king of whatever comedy. It's the king of kings. That's who we get to know. It is something that I don't know if we really understand that we have in our, this opportunity, the creator of the universe, the one who came to really, truly, not only create the universe, but he lived and and breathed as a man, and then he died in my place and your place. And so he comes into our lives and he transforms us. You know, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, what? That if you're in Christ, you're a new creation. That all things begin to pass away, right? And then all things become new. It's this unbelievable experience and transformation that God does in your life that you don't understand. That you just like, oh man, it's, I'm a new creation in Christ. I am totally different. Why? Not because I'm obeying this rule or that rule, but because the King is ruling in me. That's what happens. The king, when you let the king rule, when you know the king of kings, he begins to rule and reign in your life. And then, man, all of a sudden, pride begins to take a back seat. All of a sudden, patience becomes more of a prayer request. All of a sudden, it it becomes like a different way of life that when we let him be king. And that's the key for us, that in the midst of all this, as the Pharisees, as they look on, they, they don't really realize that the king is amongst them. He's right there in the midst. He's right there. Do you understand that Jesus in, in the gospel of uh, Matthew, let me go ahead and pull this up. It, it, it's, it's this verse where he talks about, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Don't you love that? I, I, just contemplate that for a second. Where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there in the midst. And the midst is in the middle. So it's, here's the two or three. So that's why we like you to sit in the middle because, you know, he's in the middle. And so if you're on the outside, sorry. But, but no, it's two or three are gathered. He's right there. And the whole idea is it, the king is among you. And we are the church. But what does that mean? It's not the building. It's the people. And the people carry the name of Jesus Christ. And when we go outside these doors, we say, Lord, here I am. How do you want me to serve? Lord, I want you to rule and reign in my life. But Lord, what do you want to do? Do you understand the Pharisees are looking for, uh, Lord, they just wanted to make derogatory comments to Jesus. They want to make sure, well, what kind of kingdom you got? The people, he was like a rock star. I mean, when people uh, were around him, it was multitudes, right? 
And he would do healings and feedings and, you know, all these things would be happening. But people didn't follow for the right reasons all the time. And so here was this rock star Jesus who's saying, oh, the, the king, uh, if you'd know it, he's in the midst of you. He's in amongst you. Now, here's the thing for you and I, if that we can know the king. And the question is, is he really reigning in your heart? And so think about anything that you go in your life and you say, all right. Do you have this, Lord? Have I given this over to you? Because when you're the king, then you rule, right? What area? Think about it one thing. And you say, oh, Lord, this is that area that I got to give over to you, that I hand over to you, that I think I'm way better than anybody else at, but yet, Lord, you know better than me. That I think that, oh, man, I can control this, but, Lord, you're the one who gives me that self-control. Lord, I think that, Lord, I have more power over this, but yet you're the one who gives me the power. And so we, we let him rule and reign. And that's what happens as, as we have this opportunity to, to, to see what the king of kings in our life can do. He said to the disciples, verse 22, check it out. Now he's going to talk about the beginning parts of this second coming. And I'm going to explain this in a second. The days will come, and he's talking to his disciples now. The days will come when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. And they will say to you, look here, look there. Don't go after them or follow them. You know, I don't know if you know, but since the time of Jesus, there's, I think there's been like over 60 people who have claimed to be the Messiah. They claim to be Jesus. It's crazy. And people have followed them. Followed them and, and, and done whatever. But so, verse 24, for as the lightning that flashes out of one part under heaven shines to the other part under heaven, so also the Son of Man will be in His day. What he's talking about in His day. This is the second coming. This is not what we call the rapture of the church. This is what we call the second coming. And what is that? Well, that, in fact, Jesus will come back with all of this church because we will already be raptured. And the rapture is 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, if you want to take it for reference. And this is where we get this word. And I know some of you are going, that is crazy. You guys believe that? I saw that Left Behind movie. Is that for real? Well, it's because it's based off of Scripture. And this is the Scripture. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up and, that, and this, this is that, the word is, is violently caught up, violently snatched away together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. And it goes from the Latin to the, to the Greek. And that's where we get this word rapture. But here's the idea that in fact, we're going to be caught up and it could come at a twinkling and of eye. It can come at a, it, it, it comes at a moment. We don't know when. All of the things are in place. It's not like we have to wait for something else to happen. Everything's in place for the church to be taken away now here's what jesus is talking about he's talking about this is not the rapture this is the rapture will happen there'll be seven years according to the book of revelation you can read it between chapter 6 and chapter 19 i don't recommend you read it before you go to bed because you might get freaked out but 6 to 19 it is radical what is going to go down in this earth uh, for seven years but the church, I believe, because when you see the picture of how God spared the wrath and God has not appointed us to wrath, the Bible says, but that he, in fact, snatched out those that were part of Noah's family that were righteous. He snatched out those part of Lot's family before judgment came. And we're going to talk about that in a second, but here's the idea. So now, it's the rapture of the church. It's the 
the tribulation that happens because Jesus wants to save Israel. The epicenter of all this will be Jerusalem. And then, after seven years, Jesus will return, you see, and he will actually, in Revelation chapter 19, verse 6, check this verse out. He actually will have written on him, King of King and Lord of Lords. Do you see that? It, I don't, we don't have that verse, but you can look it up. Revelation 19.6. But it's that opportunity. There it is. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a multitude is the sound of many waters and the sound of almighty thunder saying, Hallelujah for the Lord God, omniscient, omnipotent reigns. And I didn't give you the right verse, obviously. So, but, but the idea is there is this on him. It's going to be written. And I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and pull it up so you guys can see it. But it's this powerful scripture that tells us Wow, on him is written the king of kings in verse 16 of chapter 19. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, king of kings and lord of lords. King of kings and lord of lords. Isn't that crazy? So on his robe, it's like, you know the boxers that come out and they're MMA fighters or whatever they got. They got their tattoo, whatever, on their back of their... Jesus is going to have king of kings, lord of lords. It's going to be on his thigh, on his robe. It's going to be like... I don't know if that's the song. I think maybe that could be the song for Jesus coming back. No, it's not. I'm sorry. That was a bad Rocky reference. Thank you. How old is that movie? Wow, Greg, you must be really old. Thank you. And so, so it's that opportunity, though, where you come back and you realize, King and King, Lord of Lords. Now, here's the idea. Church comes back, and, and the thought for you and I is this. Verse 25. But first, he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. See, remember, we're going back. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and his disciples and he hasn't died yet on the cross. He's on his way to Jerusalem and he's about to die in Jerusalem for your sins, for my sins, for everything stupid that I've done in my life. Jesus would die because the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. So Jesus would actually take my sin upon him, your sin upon him, the sins of the world upon him so that we would not have to pay that price ourselves. So that my sin, which doesn't line up to a holy God, would not get in the way of a relationship with him. And Jesus would pay the price on the cross. And so it says, but first he must suffer many things and be rejected. And I wrote it like this. The king had to suffer a ton for our salvation. A ton. Because he had to suffer many things. It wasn't just one thing. And I, th- I think it's so easy for us to forget that the king of kings and the Lord of lords is the one who suffered many things. That he was the one who would, they, he let them whip him, beat him, put a hat over his, uh, a cover over his head, and then say to him, as they hit him with a bat or a stick, as they say to him, with the crown of thorns stuck in his head. So he's got this sort of mask over him, and they're hitting him in the head and say, hey, prophesy now who hit you. Prophesy now, tell me who hit you. I guarantee you, Jesus knew who, exactly who hit him. But yet, he was willing to go and allow all of that because Man, my sin, your sin. You see, that's why he's the king of kings. The king would humble himself to the point of death, even death of the cross, so that you and I wouldn't have to, yeah, we wouldn't have to pay that price. We wouldn't have to be humbled like that. We only get humbled by bowing to our king. One, one day, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's the bottom line. And this king who has suffered so much for our salvation is the one that is in our midst. 
and he's in your heart, if you allow him to rule and reign, how, in, how does he change you? How does he change you and transform your life? You know, as a church, we want to be different. We want to be somebody that, Lord, I, I want to be taken from this kingdom to that. Colossians chapter 1 says it this way. The Apostle Paul's writing this letter. It's an incredible letter to this church at Colossae. And he says it this way. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. He delivered us from the power of darkness, conveyed or transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. We get transformed, transferred Sorry, from one kingdom, because before, man, my life was ruled not by God, but by this world. I got transferred from that kingdom to now this, where I say, Jesus, I want you to rule in my life. And that's, what, uh, that's all he's saying. Hey, I, I suffered much for you so that you could be transferred into this other kingdom. And here is what happens in our lives. You know, we, we have this picture of, man, this kingdom of God. And, and, and we think, oh man, it's going to be the future and it's ahead. And do you understand that when Jesus comes back with his church, he sets up this second kingdom. We call it the millennial kingdom. It's a thousand years the reign of Christ. It'll be a place of comfort and joy and peace and holiness. And it'll be a thousand years. That's after he comes back from the ch- with the church. But man, that, that will be in a, a radical place. But do you know what's crazy? At the end of that thousand years, Satan is let loose and then he actually comes and has people that will follow him and try to attack Jesus and then everything uh, will be defeated. And then this earth and heaven will be destroyed and a new heaven and earth will take its place. And those who love God, who let him be king, will be with him forever that's that's i know some of you are going wait a second this is wait is this a crazy church i mean <laughs> no no no. this is just biblical it's all it, this is i'm just giving you a bible what we know and believe because the king he died for a reason and there's a payment for that and so we look look with me if you would check it out verse 26 look what happens and it, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will also be in the, in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. The flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, it was also in the days of Lot. They ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so, will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. This is his second coming. This is not the rapture of the church. This is when he comes back with the church. In that day, he was on the housetop and his goods are in the house. Let him not come down to take them away. And likewise, the one who's in the field, let him not turn back. Verse 32 is the next verse, and we're going to talk about that in a second. But check it out, verse 26 to 31, this picture. And he gives this, hey, as in the days of, of, uh, of Noah, as in the days of Lot, what was happening? Well, they were eating and they are marrying. Is there anything wrong with that? No, it's great. It's a busy life. We live in a busy life right now. I mean, everybody's very busy. People are busy about, man, I got to go uh, later the game. I want to watch it. Or I've got to go to school. Or I, I got uh, exams. 
I mean, exams, if you're a college student, exams are kind of one of those things that, do you remember when you studied for finals, how hard it was? Because if you're like me, you didn't study until the last couple days. So all you did is had, you know, see somebody shaking their head. College students are like, no, that's not me. I am not that. Sorry, that is just me confessing to you what I did with cans of Dr. Pepper to try to keep me awake. And whatever it was to study, because you'd cram it, because you're so busy, because it's like, oh, I got to fit it into this time. And here's what happens in our life. We try to fit everything into our world right now, right here. And it's like, oh man, we can get so boxed out of where Jesus wants to be in kingdom in our life. It, It just gets so busy. And so they're busy. It's going to be busy when the second coming comes. It's going to be busy. It was busy in Lot's day, the same thing. But there was also great wickedness in both those times. You know, I don't know if you know, but Noah was a preacher of righteousness. He preached for 120 years and nobody repented. How'd you like to go to that church? It was empty. I mean, seriously, 120 years and nobody repented. I mean, they thought that guy was a whack job because it had never rained. And so he's saying there's going to be this flood. He's building this ark. He's saying, oh man, this is, this is going to be, God's going to crash judgment. You got to know there's going to be a flood. Nobody listened to him. In fact, they'd probably take their kids and stay away from that weirdo Noah's house. We don't want to go there for a trunk or treat. That guy's a weirdo. Who knows what he believed? And so they would keep their kids. They would keep, you know, don't go in their driveway. It's just, it was a totally different time for them. And in Lot's day, the, the wickedness and the evil per, pervaded. And, and what ends up happening is, you guys, we, we see the same thing happening today. It doesn't change. You know, there's all sorts of stuff going on. There's wickedness, there's evil. We're busy about life. And, and Jesus is just saying, hey, I just want to give you a warning. The second coming is coming. And, and I want you to know, it's going to be radical. I mean, you don't even want to go back in Jerusalem. He's saying, you don't want to even go back and get, get your stuff because that is not the time to do it. And here's the thought for you and me, because we've got to bring this to this 21st century thinking. And what are we going to do like with that is this. The king is coming again. And so here's the second part of that. So maybe we should pretty much tell somebody. You know what I mean? I think we've got to tell somebody, you guys. Like, I, I don't want to hold on to it and be like, oh man, I, uh, yeah, Jesus was in my midst, but hey, I, I, this is a private party and I'm not sharing it with you. You know, I don't want you to know about it because, hey, I want to keep it solo. It's just between me and Jesus right here, a little privacy. No, no, no. Jesus is saying, hey, I'm coming again. Why do you think I'm writing all these? I'm having this conversation with you for a reason. We can't just blow off sharing it with other people. People may laugh at you. They may mock you, but that's what happened to Noah. That's what happened to Lot. He, he actually went to his sons-in-laws and they thought he was joking. He said to a man, the angels came. They told us that God was going to rain down fire on this place. We got to get out of here. And they laughed at him. They didn't go with them. They perished in the, in the, in the Sodom and Gomorrah place. And yet you and I we hold on to these treasures, man. We have Jesus and it's in our heart. He's in our heart and we have this, this incredible opportunity to share. And man, I blow it. I miss the opportunities. You miss opportunities. Why? Because man, I think it's that old saying, if, if the devil, right, can't make you bad, he'll keep you busy. And we get so busy about life that we forget what is ahead. That there is something ahead that is so far greater than everything we hold on to in this world. 
And it's so much better. And that's why Jesus then says this. It's this verse 32. Check it out. Remember Lot's wife. Do you remember? Do you remember what happened with Lot's wife? Lot's wife. And here's what the angel said. Hey, I don't want you to look back. Don't take your stuff. Just get what you, get what you can. Roll out of here. You got to get out of here now. And so they, they roll out. And basically, uh, unfortunately, uh, Lot's wife, she turned back to look. And, and you read the rest. Whoever seeks to lose, save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life will preserve it. I tell you, in that night, there will be two men in one bed. And that's two people, reference for today's culture. The one will be taken, the other will be left. Two women will be grinding together. The one will be taken, the other left. Two men will be in the field. The one will be taken, the other left. Now, again, because of the context of Scripture, I don't believe this is the rapture of the church. I believe this is the judgment that happens with the second coming. That one will be either judged or taken away from judgment because they are believers at that point. So that judgment is going to come. And so you look and you realize, well, whoever's going to save his life will lose it. Whoever preserves his life, excuse me, whoever loses his life will preserve it. And, and that verse, remember Lot's wife, right? Remember Lot's wife. Because Lot's wife, she turned and she basically looked at her past. Hey man, I got memories. I got stuff back there. I got, I'm, I'm so attached. Remember the Israelites when they're coming out of Egypt? What did they do when they, they started getting hungry and the manna wasn't giving them any help? And it was like, oh man, I'm sick of banana, banana bread or whatever. And they keep looking back and they go, hey, I remember the, the pots of vegetables we used to eat with garlic. And it was such garlic soup was so awesome. And they look back at this stuff and it's like, what are you talking about? Do you not remember? that you were slaves and you had to make bricks out of this straw and mud and it was a horrible experience but this is what we do because we tend to look back at our past only seeing what we think is great and not seeing the bad and 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 even Lot's wife she was holding on to what was that part of her flesh that was still there and that's what we can tend to do if you bear ever a part of your in your life you can look back at your past and if you're kind of not letting Jesus be king of your life man what can easily happen is you can look back at the past parties and you don't remember like bowing down before the throne of the porcelain God but you only remember actually partying and having fun and you don't remember like those nights where man you almost got in an accident or you almost killed somebody or you almost fell or all those things that happened you don't remember any of that all you remember is the good times because those were such good times I want to go back to the good times man I got to get back there that's the way I am too and I was but then God begins to change in your life when you rule and reign and you begin to see what the truth was and what he spared you from that he actually transformed you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his son of his love and that is the beautiful promise of God and here's what I believe for you and I this is the thought for you and me that this this thought here is this the tighter our grip on the king the looser our grip on this world I really believe that the tighter you grip onto Jesus and you, you let him be king the looser you're going to have a grip on this world like what becomes so important that if it gets taken from you, it would destroy your relationship with God. It, it, and, and don't get me wrong, there's thing, I, I, there's not, it's not wrong to have things or have possessions or any of that. But if we let those be gods in our life, then the real true and living God will never be able to take his place on the throne in your heart. 
Because what happens is we begin to worship stuff or we begin to worship our job or we begin to worship uh, other people. And instead of doing what, what God is saying, hey, I just want you to worship me. And the tighter I am holding on to you, I guarantee you, all those other things are going to become much looser. And if they get stripped away from your life, you're going to be able to go, you know what? It's okay. It's all right. It's not, that doesn't matter that much. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 6.33. He said it this way. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things that you worry about, that you care about, that you go, oh man, I gotta have that, they're gonna be added to you. So he says, seek first the kingdom of God, right? Who's the king? Jesus is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Seek first him. And all those things that you stress out over, that I stress out over, don't, I'm not, uh, listen, it, I'm preaching to me right now, okay? Don't, don't ever think, oh, Greg's so holy. No, I have the same struggle. I have the same thing. You know, I can easily go, oh, no, well, uh, wait, wait, stock market went down. What's my stocks doing? Oh, my goodness. What are we going to do? Are we going to be able to live? Are we, uh, you could check out how many of you have a stock on your phone. That thing is so dangerous. Like you have all your stocks that you might have invested in, or maybe you've got something that your bank account or whatever. And if you're constantly looking at it, it's controlling you. And if it controls you, then what you're doing is, oh, but Greg, you don't understand i want to be a good steward and i'm trying okay i understand that but if you're going up and down and all around all the time then what is really truly your grip on is it on jesus or is it on that and i'm just this is me confessing that sometimes i look at it too much because what's really important is jesus said oh man i'm coming again greg i want to work in and through your life you know um and i want you to change and when you hold on to jesus he's going to change you you know first john Chapter 3 talks about it this way, that if we, if we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. So in other words, when that second coming, when, when we get to meet him in the rapture of the church, but before that second coming, we shall see him as he is, and everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. So he's going to change us because we have a hope that he's coming for us. And when you know he's coming for us, it's got to change us. So I want you to just empty your mind for a second and think about this. Think about, okay, Lord, what would you want me to change? Like if you're really king in my life, Lord, and this is an area where I haven't let you king, like there's little locked closets or boxes in your heart or in your mind. What are those, where are those keys? And can you, can you hand them over to the king? Do you say, oh, Lord, this is, this is what I, I, I need to do? Because this judgment is real. You know, that last verse is kind of, it's been sort of misinterpreted, misunderstood. Verse 37, they answered and said to him, where, Lord? So he said to them, wherever the body is, there the eagles will be gathered together. It's kind of like, what is that? Well, if there, if there was, and many people believe that this is, if there's judgment, there's dead bodies. And when you know there's a dead body, there's usually these birds of, of the air that are flying over top. And so the idea is that judgment is coming. And I want to be somebody who shares with people. I don't want to hold the king of kings to myself. I want to share them with others. I don't want to have my own private party. I don't want to keep it silent like I did Bruce Springsteen. You know, I should tell other people. I should be like, hey, there's Jesus. I got to tell you, do you know about Jesus? Hey, Do you know he's here? Do you know that he can change your life? Do you know that he can transform you? Do you know what he can do in your life? Are we that excited about Jesus as we are maybe a superstar? Is he the king of kings and Lord of lords? You see, the king 
He's among us. And he's coming again. And so as you think about those things in your life, and you say, God, please help me to change those things. Help me to hand them over to you. Help clear my heart, Lord. Lord, I pray for our church right now that you would help us to be ready to meet you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. But Lord, there's a dying world out there. There's people that don't even know you. I pray, Lord, even as we sang that song early, that you would bring revival in our hearts. Lord, that we wouldn't get so busy about life that we forget what is truly important, that we hold the mysteries of God. We have the treasure of Jesus in our hearts and in our hands that we can share with others, that we can voice out and share. Lord, that we would become so excited about you. Lord, we want to share you with everybody. Lord, I pray that we would be empowered and emboldened And Lord, if somebody persecutes us or laughs at us or says something, Lord, we just remember that blessed, you said we would be blessed because we're persecuted for your name's sake. So God, help us to walk in boldness. Help us to walk in truth. Help us to walk with you. Lord, that we would let you be king and rule and reign. So Lord, as every person is here and they're thinking maybe through those things in their life, as they hand it over to you, may they hand their life to you. And I want to pray, if, if maybe you're at a place where you've never really let Jesus be king, you've never realized that he wants to forgive you of your sins with our heads bowed and eyes closed, if you want me to pray for you, that that would begin today, that you let Jesus be king of all of that in your life. Just lift up your hand. Say, yeah, I want that. I want that. I want Jesus to be king. I want him to be Lord. I want him to forgive and save and change me. God, I pray for our church and those that commit their lives to you, that we would be people who follow you with everything we got. That we would say, Lord, we are all in. Lord, here's our life. You're the king. Reside amongst us, Lord. Help us to walk out of this door, not forgetting, Lord, you are right there with us. So thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. I pray for anybody that doesn't know you that today, Lord, they would even cry out to you and say, Jesus, please forgive me. I give you my life. Change me and shape me into who you want me to be. God, I pray you would change our lives, change our church, change our attitude, bring revival to us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.